0: Today on Church and State Part 2 with Pastor Rob McCoy. Hello, Christian patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. I'm your host, Caleb Collier, You're with me, as always, Pastor Gabe Blomgren. Once again, your favorite far-right chat chocs and the most schizophrenic show you listen to on a daily basis.
1: And the only radio show that's willing to put faith and politics in the same room with Jesus right in the middle.
0: I love it. All right. Hey, we're going to go right into it. Remember, churchandstate.media for everything. Affiliates, donate, shows. Contact us. There you go. I'm too excited. I got to get Pastor Rob on right away. Now, uh, once again, Pastor Rob is the senior pastor of Godspeed Calvary Chapel. He is also a uh, politician and uh, is the co-founder of TPUSA Faith. Now, when you when we left off, Gabe, you had just asked him a question. Why don't you go ahead and recap that yeah, for the just, audience? just
1: to sum it up, that I found out through a friend of a friend, very very wise woman. She she said we do not need 51% to turn this nation around. It's actually closer from three to five percent. Is she's very close friends with a mathematician and said when the public when when, when, any nation india russia only three to five and and you were saying possibly even nine percent gets the swing of things we can really we can see in uh, our lifetime something switch and 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 the reason for that is i believe that our our kids our grandkids need to have a future now pastor rob you begin to talk about your church and and as far as your you're just getting ready to to take off on eschatology which is very interesting i'm very very interested to hear this so go ahead
2: All right. Well, I'm glad. I thought maybe you cut off on the last uh, segment because you didn't want. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Eschatology means a study of the end times for for time to exist. There needs to be a beginning and an end. And eschatology is how that ends. And so... uh, Calvary chapels are pre-trib, pre-millennial. Pre-trib means uh, we'll be raptured before the tribulation; we won't go through the tribulation, and then the uh, millennial reign. And and there's different views. There's uh, post-trib, you know, and it goes. There's just there's just plenty of different viewpoints. My point in all of it, especially with pre-trib, pre-millennial, with the Calvary chapels, uh, every eschatology comes with an asset and a liability. So uh, for our founders, their eschatology, the asset was uh, they believed they had to set up God's kingdom on the earth before he would return. And so they they didn't set it up in perfection, but they wanted to to be welcoming. And so, you know, they they worked hard and set up schools of higher learning, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, and they were all formulated to develop pastors. They created a constitutional republic that has, you know, formulated over 240 plus years of unprecedented freedom. America is unequaled. We have more patents, Nobel Peace Prize winners, more symphonies. You ride an elevator, it was invented by an American. You fly in an airplane, invented by an American. You enjoy air conditioning, invented by an American. You enjoy the internet, it was invented by an American, not Al Gore. So all <laughs> Thank of these things, yeah, all of these things are from a nation that had freedom. And when man is free, they get to, you know, when they said life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, happiness is not a feeling, happiness is the highest virtue. Uh, The the best way to describe it is if, if I'm holding a cup of water, it's a good cup if it's not leaking. It's a good cup because it's doing what it was created to do, hold fluid. What were we created for? And that's, that's that's this idea to glorify God, and we pursue that, and we have life and life more abundant. If we stifle mankind, and they become slaves to tyranny, they don't have the freedom to invent and create and to flourish. And so, all of that being said, that was the founder's position, but... But that was the asset, the liability was, they got a little cold and stuffy. Um, Many of them were hyper Calvinists and the like. uh, And I wanna avoid that as best I can, that's not a a problem, but they, they became very stuffy and stoic and people, pulled away from them. Calvary chapels being pre-trib, pre-millennial, our eschatology's asset is that we're very evangelistic. We we believe the next thing on God's day planner is the rapture and the house is on fire. We gotta get the kids out. The liability is, we've been doing this for a little over 50 years. We started in 1968 here in California. And in 68, we had the fifth largest GDP on the face of the earth. Um, Reagan was governor in 68. We uh, We were the state of the future. We had just completed the California Aqueduct, which was a marvel in civil engineering, taking the snowfall from the Sierras and bringing it into the most fertile farmland in the United States, the San Joaquin Valley, which produces more cotton than the entire South combined. And, and here, the state of the future, Calvary Chapel starts, but also in 68, don't forget, we had the My Lai Massacre, the Tet Offensive. Bobby Kennedy was shot by Sirhan Sirhan in Los Angeles as he was a Democrat candidate for president. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was shot on a balcony of a, of a motel in, in Tennessee. And so, you know, their, their friends, all these young people, their friends were dying in villages of the names they couldn't pronounce in a country they didn't even know about, Vietnam. And so they were disillusioned. And so Chuck avoided politics. Chuck Smith, the founder of Calvary Chapel, he avoided politics, he just stayed to the word and evangelism, and he taught the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. And so we got a working knowledge of the scriptures, which I'm grateful for. We were very evangelistically minded. We would throw the net out every Sunday. Calvary Chapel since 1968 have experienced 10,000% growth, and that's conversion growth, not transfer growth. There are now 1,800 Calvary chapels around the world. At one point, four of the ten largest churches in America were Calvary chapels. Uh, the Harvest Crusades with Greg Laurie, Somebody Loves You Crusades with Raul Reese. So we throw the net out. We're evangelistic. We teach the, the whole counsel of God's word. Um, but here's the liability. We're not planting trees of the shade we'll never know because we believe that the next thing on God's day planner is the rapture. And so it's almost self-fulfilling prophecy, even though Jesus said, you'll know not the day nor the hour. He says, be prepared, but he also says, occupy until I come. And so, you know, if you're saying it's going to happen this week or in the next two years and all these things, I can name 11 points in American history that were far worse than what we're experiencing right now. And, and, and as we're, we're watching these folks use eschatology to eschatology to justify not stepping into the ecclesia, the public square. Ecclesia doesn't mean church, it means public square. As, as they're using their eschatology to justify their apathy and not engaging, because they think that the antichrist is equal to God, and that if we try to contend we're wasting our time, they say it's like trying to, to polish brass on the Titanic or shifting deck chairs on the Titanic. Uh, that, that is so not correct. Uh, we, we have a responsibility to contend for the next generation. We, we plant those trees of the shade we'll never know. And, and so here's what's happened. Because Calvary chapels don't step into the public square and they consider politics dirty, 50 plus years of 10,000% growth, 1800 churches, a missions movement that is unequaled in just a a group of churches in, in modern history, How's that affected California that in 1968 had Reagan as governor and the California aqueduct? How's that affected California? Well, we no longer have the fifth largest GDP. We now have the sixth. We have the highest gas tax, sales tax, income tax, corporate tax. We lead the nation in debt. You combine the next four largest states' debt, it doesn't equal the debt of California. We're the authors of no-fault divorce that Reagan signed in 69, became law in 70, and decimated marriage across the country were the authors of Transgender Bathroom Bills and the most secular progressive sexual education curriculum. It's so vile, you can't read a word of it in church. And here's the kicker. It's estimated because abortion was legal long before 1973 in California, it's estimated because California leads a nation in abortion, it's estimated that California has aborted in its, in its lifetime, it's aborted more children than the current population of Canada. And in California, we don't just rip the baby apart in the womb of its mother and flush its parts into the sewer system. We harvest the baby's organs at, 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 on the downbeat of the heart. And, and, and that makes Nazi Germany look like Girl Scouts. And, and I, I just asked my fellow brothers in the Calvary Chapel movement, where's the power of the gospel? You just say, I just do the gospel, I don't do politics. God calls us into the public square, the ecclesia. The gates of hell will not prevail, gates enslave. Gates destroy humanity. Gates stifle and enslave. You've come to set the captives free. What are you doing on behalf of your neighbor that they would be able to flourish and have life and life more abundant in Galatians 3 to establish that moral law that would point them to Christ until faith would come? The moral law is for society. The Beatitudes is for the Christian. The, the law doesn't save, but it does point to Christ so that you can establish the Beatitudes and, and be built up as a Christian that serves uh, their neighbor and blesses them and leads them to Christ. And, and here's the other one. You, you tell me that you don't want to engage in politics, yet the Bible says if you cause one of these little ones to stumble, it'd be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and cast into the deepest ocean. And every, you know, every month your school board meets and they're, they're deciding laws on behalf of these children who are being mutilated in your state. And you have nothing to say about that, nor contending for their welfare as, as your neighbor? That, that just doesn't make any sense. Because what? The, the Antichrist is unstoppable? And, and you, you believe you're st- standing against the will of God, trying to stave off evil to assist your neighbor? I'm sorry. That doesn't add up. I'm pre trip pre-millennial, but I'm occupying until he comes. And, and I don't know the day or the hour. And when I leave this earth, I'm going to leave it better than I found it, God willing. That's something we need to be mindful that of. Was, yeah, that was
0: absolutely. so powerful. It, it just dawned on me as you were talking, Pastor Rob, you are a modern-day Bonhoeffer. I mean, what you just said in, in standing in the gap and, and facing down the great evil that society has declared not only acceptable but actually good— that is a Bonhoeffer style of movement. That, that's what he's doing right here, Gabe. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I commend you because, you know, making this vocal approach could cost you. You know, you, you have a large church, but you don't, you don't steer your ship based base on the size of a church. How do you, how do you tell other pastors? You know, because you, you said 1,500, roughly, churches are in Calvary Chapel. I know you, you have influence with other pastors. There's so many pastors who are afraid to, to jump into the deep water. That you have gone, and sometimes it's not even about eschatology. It's simply, they, I've even seen people do this, Caleb. They hide behind the gospel. Well, our church, we're about the gospel. I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about political issues because we're about the gospel.
0: Before Pastor Rob enters, or, or uh, talks about this, I, I just wanted to throw in my own comment: Shepherds are not supposed to be cowards. Pastor Rob, take it away.
2: Uh, well, you set me up. Um... Well, first of all, um, I would say to pastors, as you pointed out, Gabe, I'd say to pastors, the fear of man is a snare, but the fear of the Lord is a beginning of wisdom." And then Caleb, um, I, I want I, I know what you're meaning by pastors being a cowards. there's some out there that are, but I, I would also say this: I, I think pastors are peace-loving by nature, <laughs> but they're confused because they think that peace is the absence of conflict. Peace isn't the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of Christ in the midst of the conflict. He said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. And that sword is truth, contending for truth in the public square. And and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Um... You, you you both gave me a, a great compliment in regards to Bonhoeffer. I will just say this. I I have not been persecuted nor suffered like that that, that man did. Thinking of Bonhoeffer, one, one of the most profound things, as I have read Eric Bataxas' book and a number of others in relation to Bonhoeffer, you know, here's here's a man that Hitler said to all the churches in Germany and the pastors, I'm going to take care of your pensions and your church buildings. And Bonhoeffer said, I, I don't care about my pension. I don't care about my building. I'm concerned with the soul of Germany. And and all these pastors started to scoot away from Bonhoeffer because he was taking on the Fuhrer. And the Fuhrer said, leave the soul of Germany to me. And and here's the problem. It wasn't Hitler and all of his victims. It was Hitler and a complicit nation, complicit in the sense where, where you see in Deuteronomy, tacit submission. Deuteronomy, or Numbers 30, excuse me, tacit submission is where it, it, it says, if a woman is betrothed to a man and the father doesn't speak, he is giving tacit consent, that's what it is, tacit consent by his silence to this betrothal. So when you're silent, he who knows the good to do and doesn't do it to him, it is sin. And, and when you're silent in the face of evil, you're, you're consenting to evil. And Bonhoeffer wouldn't do that. And as a result, Hitler hated him. And the last directive, I, if not the last, one of the last of Hitler before he shot Eva Braun and shot himself in the bunker, and it was to make sure that Bonhoeffer had been hung. Uh, that man was such a thorn in his side, and had it not been for Bonhoeffer, and and those that read his letters, uh, there would have been such a distaste in, in in the mouth of of Christendom towards any German pastor. But it was him, and Martin Niemoller, who stood in defiance to Hitler. I, I pray it never comes to this. But but here's here's why I I don't see myself as a Bonhoeffer. For Bonhoeffer to stand at that moment truth the consequences of truth meant death here we are in america where the consequences of truth are oh you're going to lose your job if you don't take the shot the consequences of truth in america is you know um, you're going to get fined if you keep your church open during the scam uh, plant uh, the yeah pandemic that was a joke and and as uh, thanks it wasn't very funny no, was good <laughs> But the consequences of truth are minimal right now. But if we remain silent, the consequences will get yes. even greater. And so I I I'm not there yet, but I but I, I don't think that the sacrifice that needs to be made right now is really consequential. I mean, come on, folks. Men and women have bled and died to secure your liberties. One in nine Americans fought the Revolutionary War. 650,000 soldiers died on a field of battle in the Civil War to, to keep the Union intact and to, to lift slavery from the warp and the woof of the fabric of our country. 36,624 soldiers died in the Forgotten War in Korea to establish the 38th parallel so that those in the South who had had migrated and, and ran to the South were protected and and the South got all the mountains and the North got all the farmland and the 38th parallel, same peninsula, same language, same peoples, everything's the same, same culture. But when you look at the Korean peninsula at night, the South is lit up with industry with the eighth largest GDP gross domestic production because though they didn't get farmland, they got freedom. And in the North, it's completely dark and their people are eating grass to stay alive. If not more disgusting things yeah exactly and and the final statement on that is in the north to stand for truth you die mm-hmm. and we get to stand for truth every day but we're more concerned with our fear of man than we are with the fear of god
0: when, when i called you a, a bonhoeffer uh what what i meant and, and maybe in the future uh we see that type of situation that's what i'm talking about with you i see a man that is unwilling to fold. A man that no matter what the government says, you're going to speak the truth. And, and maybe the next Bonhoeffer and Nemo is, is you and Jack Hibbs. I don't know. You know, that could possibly be. Um, I also wanted to say this as well. When I when I said shepherds are not meant to be cowards, I, I, I meant yeah. truly in the traditional sense, right? What, what a shepherd does is he protects his sheep. Now, he's not uh, a dictator with his sheep. He's not beating them or anything, but when a wolf comes in, he's going to kill that wolf with everything that he has. He's going to protect that flock, and so that's what I meant with those pastors. Gabe, we've got a we've got a guy that uh, that works for us at TPUSA USA Faith. He's German. He, he, he uh, migrated and, and legally over to here. And what Pastor Rob was talking about with Bonhoeffer and how these pastors were just complicit to what Hitler wanted, right? And just okay, well he's going to pay for our church. He's going to pay our pensions. So we're just going to turn a blind eye. and We're going to sing louder as the boxcars drive by with the Jews screaming, right? He told us that the amount of Christians in Germany, which is literally the birthplace of, of Luther, right? right? Luther. right? Yep. The amount of Christians in there, he said it was either 1% or 3%. <laughs> yeah. And that is because of what the pastors did in, in submitting to Hitler. I firmly believe that.
2: Yeah. They surrendered the soul of Germany and... and The citizens of Germany were complicit in that they lied to each other, they lied to their enemies, they lied to their friends, they lied to their boss, they lied to their co-workers, because they were too afraid, again, of the consequences of truth. And and who are the ones that are the beacons of truth? It's the shepherds. We're proclaiming the truth. We're saying that the truth will set you free, but when we have the opportunity to stand on behalf of it, we're too afraid of the consequences, so we fold. I get what you're saying, Caleb, in relation to cowards. I, I Now that we know the the severity of, of the COVID virus with a 99.2% survival rate with kids, it's 99.972. and and it was dangerous for those 65 and older with comorbidity, and the fatality rate was equal to or less than the flu itself. And and we're finding out that all those who died, uh, you know, with COVID as opposed to those who died from COVID are a big difference in that number. For example, our youngest victim in Ventura County, when I was brought before the judge and we did a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act, and at the time, a little over 100 deaths in Ventura County, the youngest death, which was a 44-year-old man, and it was emblazoned on on the, the front page of the county newspaper that he had died from COVID. He died with COVID. He died of a fentanyl overdose. Tested positive for COVID. There were only of, of of the a little over 100 deaths. There were only two that died from COVID. A man in his 90s and a woman in her 80s. That is lying, and everyone in the medical industry, everyone was complicit. And and in their silence and not standing, they didn't want to lose their government job. They didn't want to lose their pension. They all participated in that lie. And as a result, the abused were quarantined with their abusers. The elderly died alone. 65% of our small businesses will never reopen. I was in Beverly Hills last night at Mastro's. We were the only patrons in that place. It is dead as a doornail. And, And you look at Beverly Hills Rodeo Drive, it is a ghost town businesses are destroyed in this state you look at the the vacancy rate of of the high rises in san francisco it's nauseating G- governor Mussolini has to do what every dictator in a communist country does when he has somebody coming in to examine he has to go and clean up and uh, the the misery of that segment that that person will have to drive by and see and so they move out the homeless and then they just migrate back in Th- this is this state is severe trouble as a result of this and nobody said anything our our children's schools were shuttered and and again 99.7 9.72 survival rate of young kids and we allowed them to shutter our children's schools the only generation in america where the elderly sacrificed the future of the young so they could live a couple years longer because they were just ingrained with fear as they turned on the media and they just saturated them with fear. Where were the pastors that they would know the truth, the truth would set them free, they would stand upon that? And Caleb, to your point, once we knew the severity of the virus, once we knew we'd been lied to, now that we see the data coming out from Pfizer that they tried to block, we see that this this mRNA is deadly, myocarditis, pericarditis, If there are pastors out there still doubling down, if those pastors were putting up black tiles and now they know of critical race theory, and they saw that 75% of the businesses that were burned and looted in the riots in LA were Jewish owned and targeted, and they put up Black Lives Matter. And yet, here we go, we wanna talk about numbers. 13% of America's population is black. You cut that in half, it's six and a half percent uh... male female and of the six and a half percent female reduce it down to childbearing years which is about four percent of america's population is responsible for almost forty percent of the abortions the number one killer of blacks in america you take all causes of death for blacks and combine it It doesn't equal the number one killer of blacks in America, which is abortion. So they put up a black tile. Roe v. Wade is overturned, and they say nothing. Yes, those are cowards. I agree with you, Caleb. They're cowards. They are putting, they're licking their finger and putting it in the air and seeing where the wind is blowing because of their fear of man.
1: Pastor Rob, we got about four minutes left, and we've all come to the agreement, guys, that the end— it's coming, but we don't know when, and there's something to do. I want to I close with a call to action. Our, our, there's sometimes where we, we rant, but we never really tell our, our audience, what would you be doing? I remember Charlie Kirk said to a couple hundred, or maybe it was like a close to a thousand of us in, in this uh, auditorium, he said, Here, here's a call to action. He actually threw this softball pitch out. He said, let me ask you this question to every thousand people in there. Was your church... The day after Roe v. Wade, did they say anything on their Instagram page? Did they say or do anything? Did they celebrate? Did they, did they pray? If they were silent the next day, Charlie said this, why are you still in that church? You need to leave that yep. church. That, mm-hmm. That's an example of a call to action. What, you know, what, what, we're looking to you, the sage, the, the, the very fit swimmer. Don't call uh, him a wise old sage. No, so. no, no, no. Okay. I'm just careful. I called <laughs> him a, a very fit athletic sage. What what can we do? What is a call to action, Pastor Rob?
2: Yeah, that's 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 a great question to end on because you want to give people actual a- actuary points. Um, real simple contend for truth uh, people say you know how could we have lost the election i bought a pillow uh, you know doing something is not sending a visceral email to your friend about the lamenting of the condition of america doing something means walking precincts being a poll watcher uh, I- engaging in in someone's campaign to assist my wife and i contribute 10% of our income every election cycle to to candidates running for office 80% of that 10% goes to local because you want to change the swamp you start at the source which is local and and the cool thing about local it's nonpartisan. and today's dog catchers tomorrow's congress member they move up they start getting packed money but you want to make sure that you're finding candidates who know the seven articles of the u.s constitution the 27 amendments and they can recite the ten commandments if they got that they got my endorsement and i'm going to send them part of that money Participate. You want good government. Good government happens with good people and they're seeking your consent and they're going they're they're going to serve with your authority on loan, but you better make sure you know who they are. And the only way to do that is to engage in the public square. And that is the call to action.
0: Let me just add this as well. Get involved in your community in other ways. Get involved with TPUSA faith. Start teaching some of these courses. Pastor Rob, I just went through and and taught the Defending the Faith with with Dr. Frank Turek. We need to become apologists for our faith. Not not that we're apologizing for our faith, no, that we can defend our faith, right? So start taking some of these courses. Get involved here. Look, we got Amfest coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do a shameless plug, all right? Use the promo code FAITH13. You're going to get tickets for like pennies on the dollar here, and you're going to hear from the best conservative Christian leaders in the nation. It's not too late. Just go to AmFest.com, sign up. And by the way, we're in cold Washington state. It's freezing. Who doesn't want to go down to to Phoenix, Phoenix, you know, and enjoy some sun and some warm weather? Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. And I know Pastor Rob's going to be speaking there. And I think you're going to do some breakout rooms there as well, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I I do break dancing. It's going to be a blast. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well pastor rob we'd like to no, have you on we're, 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 we're we only got roughly a minute left we we would like to have you on you know multiple times a year probably about four times a year because you there's so much wisdom this was just amazing you're an absolute you know gift to the believers in your area but we we also would like to share your wisdom on a reoccurring basis so i hope i'm not twisting your arm
2: too hard by asking that no you guys are treasures i'd be happy to help you gabe thank you for that
0: yeah, no, that's fantastic. So we'll, we'll look forward to Pastor Rob coming on the show, uh, you know, periodically, you know, maybe quarterly. We'll, we'll see uh, how often he's willing to uh, grace us with his presence here on Church and State. But uh, it's been an absolute thrill to listen to you, sir. You, you've got me motivated. I'm sure you've got our audience motivated as well.
2: well I'm, I'm glad, Caleb. And thanks for all you do, both you guys, your treasures. And, uh, you know, any way I can be of help, the answer is yes.
0: All right. Well, I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. All right, brother. Sounds good. All right. Church and State is sponsored in part by Patriot Church and the Constitution
1: Party. I'm Gabe Blomgren, and a calm does not suit me.
0: I'm Caleb Collier. I was born for a storm.
2: Welcome to the fire.